Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We'll get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, as I say in every show, we've got a great one for you because we always do. we got Adam Norton coming on today, really great guy. I think you're going to like him. So, Adam, are you here? I'm here. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. And yourself? Good. <clears throat> That's really good, especially in this day yes. and time, kind of kind of tough with the COVID going around. Huh? It is. Yeah, absolutely. How are you guys doing? <laughs> no, oh, good. The good well. thing is our show. <laughs> the good thing is we. You know, I remember we launched our show January third, and you're actually, I think, our 114th interview. But I told yeah. Sandy is when when the virus was shutting everything down, I was like, well, this is our time to shine because all these artists will have time to talk to us. Right. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> we ran with it. <laughs> So as we get started here, tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. Uh, my name is Adam Knowlton. I'm from uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and um, I'm a, a country rock uh, musician, more like a southern-style rock um, singer-songwriter. I uh, started playing uh, music when I was about 12, played in a couple bands. Uh, we used to listen to a lot of uh, 80s like uh, hair metal music and grew up listening mm-hmm. to a bunch of uh, country music. So kind of have a pretty diverse uh, style to myself. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty good. Um, so as you know, you know, music is great. It's a great passion to have. But there's still got to be some balance there that, so that you can be better you. So what, what are some hobbies you do outside of music? Um, I, uh, I, I tend to go to concerts a lot, really. I mean, I really don't have too many hobbies. Or <laughs> so it's always focused around music, you know? Um, but yeah, but actually, so I, no, that's still, at least you're not doing it. See, so that kind of <laughs> is like, right. I get to enjoy it. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, other than that, I mean, I, uh, I, I do enjoy, you know, mountain biking, uh, motorcycle riding. Mm-hmm. Um, I do draw occasionally here and there. Um, I've always been in, you know, a, a sort of a, a drawer, um, other than that, mm-hmm. Uh, not not much really. I mean, I, I work quite a bit, so I have my own business. So uh, you know, a lot of my time is mm-hmm. invested oh, well. in doing that as well, and uh, spending time with my kids. <clears throat> so, is, um, at what point in your life did you feel like you know what you want to do music as a career? Honestly, I've never I, I never wanted to do music as a career. It was always oh, it was wow. kind of it's always kind of just been something that I was passionate about, and I always wanted mm-hmm. to share it with everybody. Um, I never really focused on doing it 100 percent, just because of the fact is is that I, um, I I always I always wanted to have a business, and I always wanted to work for myself. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I did, and I've had my own business for 16 years now, and I kind of just do music on occasion here and there, um, you know. So that that's 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 where my direction went, you know. So I do have a lot mm-hmm. of friends though that you know they they play 100% full time, and um, you know and they do 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 great for themselves. They enjoy it, so um, you know I'm happy for them. But that's not something that wasn't really a direction that I wanted to follow suit for myself. So what is your business that you run that you know right now? I have a, I have an auto glass business. Um, I'm sure you've heard oh, okay. of. Uh, you know, like we replace all windows that are in vehicles and stuff like that. So um, we do pretty much uh, mobile service where we'll come out to your house and or you know, your work and take care of your uh, your vehicle for you. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So, so growing up and even now, who's been some of your musical influences? 
Um, growing up, uh, when, I, when I was younger, I listened to a lot of John Denver, um, Johnny Cash, obviously, Willie Nelson, and, um, you know, Sawyer Brown. Uh, and I listened to a lot of, like I said, a lot of hair bands and, you know, big influences were, you know, Bon Jovi, Skid Row, The Scorpions, Motley mm-hmm. Crue. And, um, you know, I was always listening to just a diverse style of music just because I, I always, in, I just enjoy it. And I always felt that I needed to, you know, focus on listening to a, a different genres because I always wanted to mm-hmm. incorporate that in my music, you know. So, yeah. Um, but again, and, and I mean, you know, Johnny Cash is a definitely popular one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't care who you are. It's like it seems like just so many different people, different age age ranges. They they listen to Johnny Cash. I mean, how can you not like the guy? Yeah. You know. You know what's cool is that, um, I guess about fifty, sixty episodes ago, maybe more than that, we actually got to interview mm-hmm. Anna Christina Cash, who was married to oh. John Carter Cash, which is the son of Johnny and June Carter Cash. Oh, okay, yeah. wow, that was that's that, pretty so basically. Cool. So, so their daughter-in-law, which was, but but you know what? Don't don't let the cash name fool you on her. She uh-huh. she is definitely a, a, a an artist of her own. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's really really good. Oh no, kidding! I have to I have to look her up. <clears throat> and um. So at this point of your life, since um, music is not a driving force. What drives you personally? My children, to be honest with you. You know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, their mother and I were were divorced, mm-hmm. but um, you know, the, our lives revolve around them 100. Mm-hmm. percent um, So that's that's another reason why I wanted to make sure that I had some sort of security for them as I was getting older, because I wanted to make sure that they were taken care of, you know, and mm-hmm. and they had some sort of direction mm-hmm. as well, you know. So that that was kind of my my thing, but. <clears throat> So, so it basically, it's my children. What you want them to do? <laughs> What's that? So, so what are your thoughts on what they want to do? I mean, do 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 they have any thoughts at this point, or how old are they? Well, my son's thirteen, my daughter's ten. So, I mean, right now, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to say. I mean, of course, you know, my son wants to be an orthodontist, and my daughter oh, wow. wants to be a, a veterinarian. But you know, mm-hmm. that could change within time as well. Um, yeah. But you know. Uh, at least they have some some sort of idea of, uh, of what they want to do because at that age I didn't I didn't even think twice about <laughs> what it was that I wanted to do when I was older, you know. <laughs> but they, I no, definitely they know what you kids, mean. They get great, good grades, so I told them I said you have to make sure you keep your grades up, you know, because that's important. Yep, I definitely know what mm-hmm. you mean because you know at that at thirteen, fifteen, eighteen, I still didn't know what I want. And, and to be honest, I never imagined being a host of a show. It just you know, I remember when Sandy and I married seventeen years ago, um, I wanted to be this motivational speaker and I listen to audios all the time. And she and we marry and she wanted to be this person that was that uh she listens to music all the time, be somehow in music. So, of course, mm-hmm. in the car, we would bump – I mean, it's like, what do we do? Do we listen to music or do we listen to audio? So we compromised, right. and we kind of did 50-50, and he, little did we know that the day would come that God would kind of bring both of our passions together under the same roof of the Chris and Sandy show because we've been yeah. we've been a 24-7 couple since the day we married. 17 oh, years wow. Ago. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> we've always so we've worked been, together. <laughs> yes. And 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 now, granted, we've been put, and believe me, we have been put down more than you can imagine for being a twenty four seven couple. 
Really? Oh, yeah, people – I mean, I've had people say how unhealthy we are. I've had people on Facebook even tell us, y'all need to go see, seek some help. <laughs> are, are these Crazy. listeners, or are they just are they just people that, that voice their opinion for – Those just people that – you know, again, in fact, yeah. some of the people that, that have said that through the years, because I, I – you know, some of them that I knew um, before the, really the big internet came through, but a lot of people I knew – who said that are all divorced now? We're here. It is. We're seventeen years in, and stronger right. than ever. And and that and this is the kind of marriage. You know, it's funny because when we, me and her, first um, met seventeen years ago, I actually felt like God was leading me to meet uh, my wife online. People thought I was nuts, but I had one. I had one deal breaker. Now, granted, they had to be a Christian, of course. I mean, I, I wasn't going to sure. go that route. But outside of that. My deal breaker got me in a lot of flack, <laughs> but it was a, but it was it was how I wanted to live marriage. I what my question I would ask each woman was if it were possible, w- would you consider a twenty uh, living a twenty four seven marriage to build a legacy together? Mm. And boy, did I get because again I, I knew what I wanted for marriage. I knew that right. that was the, the what I wanted to live, mm-hmm. and I would I would rather stay single, not than to not live that. Right, right. And well, I found uh, you know, it's great that you're blessed with that because I mean, it is. It's very difficult these days with with relationships, you know. Mhm. Yeah, because there's so much distraction. There's so much distractions out there now. Mhm. You know, you know. Compare. I mean, even back when we were married, of when we first married, of course, there was a lot of distractions then. But now it's like everywhere you look, and and then you're going to work sixty, seventy hours a week apart. And I'm like, and I've got friends of mine. I, I always ask them, um, when are y'all ever together? And, right. and they're like, oh, maybe once a week at that, a few hours. I'm like, and I and my next question is always, and you're okay with that? Oh, that's right. Life. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm sitting there like, no, it don't have to be. There are now, granted, you may have to sacrifice. See, a lot of my friends they sacrifice time so they can build financial. Right. You know, we sacrifice financial so that we can have time. Right. It, it just—it's all in what you want, truly. Yep. You know, it is. I mean, it's—it's it's a choice, and I think some people make the wrong choices. You know. And and I'm not saying that our way is right. I I don't tell people don't. I'm like, you know what? You you got to really have a special bond if you're going to be a 24/7. I, I really believe it would. I I don't think everybody needs to do what we do on this, but I do believe that people need to think about the time in your marriage because that's important. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, so far what you've done in your career, what are some things where you look back and you're like, it was great, I got to do that? Um, you, you mean looking back and saying I have to do what, do what, like, no, another no, artist saying, does? No, I'm Yeah, 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 anything, no, I'm saying, like, things that you've got to do so far in your, in your, oh. um, as an artist where you're like, wow, you know, that was cool that I got to do. A few right. highlights well, that you've had. We um, we had this um, it, it was some sort of a, a contest locally, and I entered into it. And I was uh, this is going back to when I was in my twenties, and mm-hmm. the um opportunity was to go play a showcase in Madison Square Gardens at this uh, festival. So mm-hmm. I um, 
I entered into the contest and I was accepted. So I got to hop on a bus and go up to New York City and play at this festival at the Madison Square Gardens. And it was kind of, it was kind of funny because there was, they had different genres of music and they put me in an area <laughs> on stage where a rap, like where the rap rappers were and they, I had no like direct <laughs> box to plug into and I said um I think I'm in the wrong area and they're like no you're listed on here and I'm like well I, I'm not going to fit in this category first of all and second of all I have nowhere to plug in because these guys just have a microphone and no way to you know a, a direct mm. plug a guitar so um yeah. that was kind of uh it was kind of cool because when I was up there they had me in like a time slot that I was playing for like an hour and I had mm-hmm. to make it back to the bus terminal at a certain time. So I'm like, you need to move my time or I'm not going to be able to play. And I just, you know, hopped on a, a bus for like three and a half hours just to get up here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I made it in time and I played and they moved me around and accommodated me as much as they possibly could, which was cool. And um, so the, that was kind of a, a cool moment. Um, but also recently, like, you know, I recorded this album, Jokers and Thieves, and uh, released it uh, last year, and uh, you know I started recording it locally at a at a recording studio here in Oliphant, Pennsylvania, and um, mm-hmm. I was entered I entered a contest in Nashville uh, with Nashville Universe, and I got accepted, so I went down to Nashville for this um, award show, and met this real cool guy, and he uh, took one of my EPs at the time, and you know, had a couple songs that were on there, and he was listening to them, and he said, you know. I, I think you should, and he was like more like old country, you know, like he, he was <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I think your songs are too long, your intros, you have to shorten them. He was kind of giving me some input. And I said, all right, you know, and he says, I think you should mm-hmm. really record with my friend uh, John at uh, Hilltop Records. And I said, okay, I'll give him a call, you know. So I gave John a call, set up a time, and um, I went down there and recorded uh, four of the tracks um, mm-hmm. with a bunch of people that were – um, like Grammy nominees, you know, I mean, we're talking about yeah. Lonnie Wilson, who is a drummer for a lot of major uh, artists, like, you know, uh, Brent Mason, who's another uh, amazing guitarist with all these other musicians that showed up. And I was kind of, you know, intimidated because these are guys that like musicians I know look up to that it's not every mm-hmm. day that you walk into a studio and they're going to be playing on your album. I mean, you, you have to ha- you have to know somebody to get these guys to play, you know? So it was cool yeah. that I got to hang out with those guys for the day. And, you know, one of my songs, Country Music Hall of Fame, um, I, you know, I, Alabama is one of my first concerts that I went to, and, I, and there's a line in there that um, I state that it was my first concert. And, you know, John at the recording studio says, did you say Alabama? And I said, yeah. He says, well, actually, the guys from Alabama, Chip and Billy Davis, are coming down to sing on your tracks and I'm like get out of here <laughs> you know, so it was kind of it was kind of cool you know um but there, oh, there wow. were like some some memorable moments that I had that you know that I could I can hold with me forever you know these great stories yeah. you know so what's tell, tell us a story of something crazy that's happened while you're on stage that's happened um I don't really think uh I think there's anything crazy that's really happened um I guess the one time we were playing, um, mm. I guess it was more of an embarrassing moment, is when I was playing mm. on stage with my guitar cut out. And so oh, I kind of sing with my guitar and I feel it. And when mm. I didn't have the guitar, it was hard for me to follow the song because I oh, didn't wow. have my guitar, you know. So, um, I, but I kept going and made the best of it. You know, that was probably the most awkward. And, 
you know, situation that I've that incurred. You know, I remember one person we asked that question to, and I loved his answer. He said that he was on stage, and because you never know what the crowd's going to do. And he didn't right. see this happen until it was a little too late. He said he was on stage, he was singing, he seen the side of his eyes a, a man on stage, and he, and he didn't know, it's like, what in the world is going But he couldn't stop because, you know, he, he's got the audience here. And next thing he knows, the, his um, speakers got cranked all the way up. He said apparently the guy couldn't hear, and he decided. I guess he knew what how where the volume was on speakers, and he went up there and turned it up for himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. that was crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's enough to scare you, right? Yeah, and then of course you got yeah. some people that they talk about some of the little bar things where people are almost giving you these dirty looks, and because they're waiting for someone else, and they're just ready for you to get off that off. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So do you have any, like, favorite venues you play? Uh, not – recently I haven't really played too often uh, the last couple of years. Um, I'm more or less just focusing mm-hmm. on recording, um, you know, but I, I I don't really have any favorite uh, particular venues. I mean, one venue that I would really like to play is uh, mm-hmm. the stage, stage down in Nashville. You know, it seems like a lot of uh, great artists play there. And they have a, yeah. they have, you know, a pretty uh, reputable, um, you know, name for themselves. Most definitely. So we're going to take a quick break, commercial break, okay. and then we're going to play your song, Man Upstairs, and then we'll come back and talk about that. How's that sound? Sure. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. You're the man upstairs. 
you can take Fold your hands, close your eyes and pray The weight of the world will consume you Cause we've all gone mad What's wrong with us, I'll never like 
people they need help or they need an answer and although they they're not getting a direct answer at least some something's there and in inspiring them to make that change you know what i mean so the, the song yeah. basically is trying to help people out in that sense yeah because i can't imagine not having my belief in god because that that's kept me grounded through so much and, th- and i went through 19 years of addictions um and until I felt like God healed me 12 years ago. But the first five years of our marriage, um, Sandy went through a lot of pain because of my addictions. And, but she never put me down. She never nagged me. She, she never um, put the addictions down. She always loved me like Christ would love me. And I remember as I t- sometimes when we tell our story, sometimes, sometimes people will say, will make a comment about, oh, she allowed you to walk over her those early years. And I'm like, no, not really. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her because I right. believe without that pure love that she had that it ha- could only come from God, that right. I'm healed because of that. I, don't think, I think I'd be dead if it weren't for that. We wouldn't be together. And I think the one common denominator that held her, because most women would have left. They just, they just wouldn't have put up with what I did. Right. Um, yeah. But I think that what what kept her grounded through those times is she truly believed because of the way we met and all that. I mean, it was a God. You could tell it was definitely a God thing on how we met and how we moved. It just you could just see it that she felt like well, God brought us together for a reason, for a purpose. There has to be a reason. So she always felt that deep in her heart. So she believed in her heart that had the faith that. That God was going to heal something inside of me, um, and so she endured. I, you know, basically, I was her cross for those first right. years, <laughs> and she endured a lot. And you know, and she's now thankful, and I'm thankful that that she was willing to endure because she had the strength when I was weak through those mm-hmm. addictions. Because um, now, you know, I've been sober over 12 years. Um, no issues there. Um, we've got an eight-year-old and a 15-month-old. So, you know, that oh, they wouldn't exist. No, thanks. But they wouldn't exist if, right. if that wouldn't, you know, if she wouldn't have stuck around. So we're thankful on that. And because, you know, we're a family-oriented show, we always like to bring our eight-year-old into the picture because he always likes to ask one question for each artist. So she's going to get him on real quick to ask a question. He always asks one question. He loves this part. That's awesome. You know, we're trying to teach him, you know, go after your passion. Yes, here's Christopher. <clears throat> Hi, Adam. What's your favorite food? My favorite food is seafood, Christopher. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. That's <laughs> cute. And what's yours? Pizza. Pizza? Well, do, you, do you like plain pizza or do you like pizza with something on it? A pepperoni. Pepperoni. I think that's every kid's favorite is pepperoni. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he comes and goes, but, you know, it's funny. Um, We've had a couple shows where he wasn't on where the show had to end early, and um, Uh he gets upset. Even though he has a small part, but he loves that part. And you know what? When Caitlin's 15 months old, when she gets older, we'll plug her in, too. (laughs) Yes, family show here. That's great because, that you guys do yeah, that. Be, be, because we want this, you know, we want this to be a career. This is, you know, we're we're all we in. You know, we we do side Absolutely. gigs to keep us afloat, 
and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so that we could do this show. And I want that they we want to be the Bob, Bobby Bones tie bit right. and and mm-hmm. stuff like that for you know. But one thing that we feel too is God's kind of pivoting our show a little bit because um, because it's been all about artists and. All of a sudden, I guess June 2nd, I was scrolling through my um, Facebook, and a friend of mine was talking about her three-year anniversary of an issue that happened. And I got a girl named Tiffany Johnson. She, um, it was a three-year anniversary of a shark attack that took her arm. Nice. And she's a public speak. She's a pu- public speaker, and now and, and has a ministry for God. And when she was telling her story, I was like, you, you just know, there's no way God was not with her. I know that there's a lot of people that don't believe. There's right. no way you can deny that God was with her through that time. And I was, I was like, oh, my God, I got to get her on my show. Even though, you know, we're for artists, but I got to get her on my show. And so I reached right. out to her, and we actually booked her for next Tuesday. She's going to come tell her story on our show. And that's when God opened my eyes to something. But, you know, speakers and artists both try to use their voice to move people. To right. Do that, why can't we, why can't we have it? Because, again, my tagline is up close and personal. doesn't mm-hmm. matter who the guest is. We, we get up. So he showed me, you know what, you can still have artists. But now let's expand it a little bit to people of faith that's went through these crazy faith stories where – there's no doubt God is there. Right. And all right. of a sudden, right. doors have started. I mean, I was our pastor. I was reached out to him and told him what was happening, and and he made a comment to me. It kind of scares me a little bit, to be honest. But he made a comment to me. He said, "When God moves, He moves fast. So you better get ready." Right. Because I think he sees something, and what was, and I'm sitting there like, uh oh, because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we want to do the right thing, but man, you know, all of a sudden we we just feel like this is where we're supposed to be. Like I said, I've always wanted to be a motivational speaker, and I've found a way to speak and bring music into it. And then now we're going to be bringing motivational type speakers onto the show too. I mean, I, I I'm just like in La La Land on all this, to be honest. Yeah, that's great that you can incorporate <laughs> that, you know, because I mean, it, it's and it's it's a positive message, you know, for the listeners as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, because. Because you know, because again, I would never give up the artist side because there's so many great artists that we've brought on, like like a Anna Christina Cash, Carlene Carter, um, Jenny Gill, um, and people like that. We brought a lot of them, some of the legacy kids like that. On which that it's a really interesting conversation. And we brought on like guy earlier that we brought on um, um, Clark Beckham, who took, who was second place in Idol on the 14th season. You know, right. <clears throat> so it's been pretty cool to get to know all these different artists. And, and like I said, you know, we launched January 3rd. You're at 114th mm-hmm. interview. So we have been just throwing it down and getting it. You know, so who knows where God's about to lead this? Right. Yeah, yeah we're excited. That's awesome. <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Um. I, you know, I really think I would like to write with uh, with Blake Shelton. I mean, his oh, his awesome. his songs just move me, no matter you know what they are. I just think that mm-hmm. I mean, you know, granted, I mean, like mm-hmm. recently he hasn't written a, you know a lot of his own material, but you know, he, the guy's an amazing writer, mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, I, and as far as what we would like to write about, I don't think there's any particular, um, you know, topic that you can say, okay, I want to write about this. It's just, I think when you brainstorm, like how I write, I write mm-hmm. off the cuff. You know, I, I kind of write the music first, and then what I'll do is I'll just mm-hmm. make a, a sing a melody to it and see what fits, and then mm-hmm. I'll sing a couple words, and then an idea comes to mind. You know, or if I have something that's yeah. already in my mind or written down in, you know, in my notes, I'll bring that out and say, okay, well, what can I do with this? And sometimes I piece two, song, two or three songs together that necessarily maybe didn't work with certain melodies before and then write a song <laughs> over it, you know? But because yeah. that was going to be one of my questions. What's your songwriting process? <laughs> so you just kind of, yeah, yeah, that's basically yeah. what it is. I mean, even, even my cousin, Chad, I mean, he, he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's like my lead guitarist, but you know, he lives about uh, two hours away from me. And so he'll mm-hmm. he'll send me a file of just like you know guitar riffs once in a while, or I'll send him lyrics and you know he'll uh, you know give it his input on what he feels about the lyrics and stuff like that. And then you know we write a lot of songs that way, you know back and forth mm-hmm. because he's such an intricate guitar player that I can't play the way he plays. So I'm like, what are the root notes? You know, like what is what are the bass chords here? You know. So then after yeah. I get the chords and I'll play you know my version of it, and then he just adds his flair and that's kind of how we write the yeah. songs back and forth that's pretty cool so yeah. is there a song out there that you've heard of somebody else that you wish you wrote i uh, yeah there's a um song by uh by hardy and mm-hmm. um sign sober you it's called huh. i don't know if you ever heard of it it's uh it's i'm not I, I may have if i cool. hear it yeah, it's it's a pretty um, it's it's a pretty interesting song, you know. Basically, mm-hmm. just you know, he uh, he's going through a hard a hard time with a relationship that he just recently got out of, and he goes out and he drinks to get his problems away, you know. And, and so when mm-hmm. he comes home drunk, what he does is he has a post-it note or whatever, and a sign on his refrigerator that tells him, you know, don't call her, don't answer you know the text messages like basically you're over it's done with and it says mm-hmm. sign sober you because he wrote the note when he was sober so basically his sober uh. self telling his drunk self don't talk to her oh wow you know yeah it's wow pretty, i love that it is oh we'll have I to mean, check that out if you've never heard of hardy before um he actually um was a huge songwriter in, in nashville i mean he still is he just wrote god's country that blake shelton sang Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that's mm-hmm. his song. So he kind of uh, is getting more recognition now, but he's he's he wrote a lot of songs for, like, Florida Georgia Line, you know? So hmm. but that that song is called really Sign, cool. Sign Sober You. It's a great song. <laughs> we'll have to mm-hmm. definitely look that one up. So what song yeah. of yours has the most meaning to you and why? Um, I would say, I don't know, they would... I mean, I think Man Upstairs is probably one of the most meaningful songs, I think, that I mm-hmm. have, um, it just, just because of the message that it gives. And, um, you know, it could be looked at in, in so many different ways, though, with different people. So it gets kind of open, because, um, like I said, you know, certain people, they believe in, a, in their own gods, you know, or mm-hmm. a higher yeah. being, whatever it might be. And I think that one always gives like a strong message. 
Um, yeah. Not because it's new or the latest one I wrote, but it 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 is you know one of the one of the songs that I have that I think is most uh, most important. You know that I feel. Yeah. So as we wind this down, what's just um, any parting words before you tell everybody how they can reach you? Yeah, I mean, uh, they can go on to, um, you know, adamnorton.com. Uh, I have a website there. Uh, they can uh, go on to Instagram, type in Adam Norton. Same with, uh, you know, if they want to, you know, listen to my music, I'm on Spotify, you know, uh, iTunes, Amazon, Pandora, basically any digital platform mm-hmm. that's out there. And um, I do have a video for my song called Redneck Nightclub that's on YouTube. You just got to type my mm-hmm. first and last name in, in Redneck Nightclub. It'll pop up, you know. I know Twitter's That's a big awesome. thing with a lot of musicians. I don't use Twitter at all. <laughs> I never really got into it. <laughs> I, I'm sure some, you know, at some point, if somebody was like, "Hey, you got to have a Twitter account. And you have to make sure," you know, and you know, I, I would get one. But right now, there's uh, I have Twitter's enough. Twitter's kind of uh, dying Facebook. out a lot, though. Is it? I mean, I mean, all the big artists, of course, are there because they have to. Right, be. but. But the interaction is way less. Twitter is really more for uh, a lot for a lot of the anger, anger. You think, I mean, if you think Facebook bad, Twitter can really, it's it, it can really be really bad. And 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 the other side of it, the positive side of it, it's really quick. If you want to like reach out to a celebrity or something, sometimes I'll respond back to you. Oh, okay. Yes, so, I didn't know so that. So it's, it's it's like a double-edged sword, you know. A lot, a lot of times, if you tweet them, they will tweet back, uh, and you know, so not not all the time, but because because I think Twitter's one of them to where you know Facebook usually somebody else is running that social media. Twitter a lot of times is more personal, where they right. run it themselves. At least that's what I, that seems like what I've seen anyway. Right. Yeah. Like, like I said, I haven't, I mean, I, I started going on it here and there and then it, I just, I have no interest in it, you know, <laughs> but I know a lot of people use it, but I mean, it makes sense what you're saying. Well, you know, we really enjoyed having you on and yeah, thank you we look forward to seeing where you go, you know, and we yeah. enjoyed it too. So <clears throat> we look forward to seeing where you go. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Thank you for having me. All right. You have a, have a great, great weekend. Day. You too. Take care. Oh, you too. Thanks. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye.